Niggas is back, and niggas is back, and niggas is black. It's a special edition of the Black Wrestling Podcast, where, as always, we give you wrestling from a nigga perspective. It's your boy, Cal, representing RockTheDub.com, but you already know. Fam is on the line. Fam, say what's good to the people. Say what's good you're, to the people. You're ill fam, 790, your social media choice, a.k.a. Good News Brown. There you go. There you go. Now, I said this is a special edition because we have a very special guest. We have a an actual champion on the a line. Champion, uh, th- this is this is black excellence in the building. We're talking about the first ever Pan-African World Diaspora Wrestling Champion. Is that a heavyweight championship? Is that it in is the title? pretty heavy. Don't talk about it. Talk about it. We Trisha Dora. She's going to be taking on Queen Aminata this weekend at a Generation Championship Wrestling's Indiana Invasion. Oh, wow. Defending, defending that that big piece of gold and leather and, and whatever makes up that beautiful belt. Trisha Dora, welcome to the Black Wrestling Podcast. How, 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 does it, how are you feeling? Leading into it, leading into this match, because that belt is gorgeous. You, do, I know you don't want to give that thing up. Oh my gosh, from my cold dead hands, honestly, <laughs> it's such a beautiful belt, and I'm very honored to have it. I'm very honored to be the first champion. I'm very honored that you know the universe chose me to carry this. I'm ready to bear this flag, so right, and I'm right. gonna keep bearing the flag. I would consider myself <clears throat> a standard bearer amongst the uh, independent wrestlers amongst black independent wrestlers and that's going to keep going 100 percent. i mean ah. that that it's it's a huge thing because i mean i remember that tournament you were the only woman in that tournament and i think it's 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 a huge deal to be not just the first bearer of, of that title but to be a woman and it, it's a it's a huge statement it's a huge honor it almost it, it it's it's i don't want to say it sucks but dare i say it's it's unfortunate that you won the title and then the world kind of shut down. You know what I mean? You, you've kind of had to, you know, I, I heard you've been wrestling. I know you've been doing some, some dates, but uh, you know, to have, to be sitting out what, six months, five, six months for the most part, it's, it, it's had to have, you know, kind of like been like a weird blow to, to, to winning a title like that. Yeah. Um, it has been quite a blow. I was definitely in somewhat of a transitional period in my career anyway, you know, at that time, I do still feel like that is the case. I do still feel like things are just continue, continually growing and evolving. But at that stage, you know, for that to happen that night was, was huge to me, especially in my hometown. It was right. really dope to do, you know, my mom was there, you know, it was really awesome to do in front of my family and just doing that and just trying to keep that momentum up. Mm-hmm. And then with COVID happening, everything just kind of, you know, shut down. And so while still being in this transitional period, I've been kind of forced to to kind of figure other ways out. So um, right. I'm definitely sharpening my game by continuing to train. So I'm not allowing the quarantine to just be, I mean, no time is really wasted time right. In, in, right. at the end of the day, but I would like to make the best use of my time 
And I think that, you know, safely, of course, within reason, you know, uh, depending on your state's guidelines and things like that, you know, just trying to get training uh, situated. I've been training at the Ring of Honor Dojo for the past year Mm. um, under Jonathan Gresham. And then these past couple of weeks since the, you know, quarantine kind of messed everything up, I've just Mm. been kind of trying to reset and get retrained in a sense. So gotcha. Right. So, so really quick to to start with the really uh, in depth and hard hitting questions. Have you before things got shut down? Did you get a chance to wear that belt to a party, kind of like Martin did with the uh, when he won that belt before he had to fight Tommy Hearns? Did you get a chance to wear that belt, like walk around with it? Um, no, I have. Uh, I've gone to the airport in it, and. Um, <laughs> I didn't check my bag at the time. So I was wondering, I got all the way up to TSA. And I mean, I guess, you know, I, I don't really know. I didn't know who to ask. So I was like, right. I was wondering if I can just bring this through. <laughs> so when I opened it, they, you know, TSA makes like a huge deal. And like one oh, of the ladies uh-huh. walks me to my gate and I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was oh, like, all right. It's, well, it's champ, you, <laughs> champ, you walked it, you, you with the belt and, and that giant is, I mean, it looked like you were curling when you picked it up. So yeah, right, 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 right. an ordeal over at BWI, one hundred percent. So, so talk about the match. I mean, you got you guys. I that match was was announced a while ago, so I, there is anticipation for it, especially being you know the, the the first major defense of the title. Talk about you know your your mindset going into this match, both as the champion, but as well as just you know getting you know this this type this large of a, a a deal match you know so far into waiting through COVID and everything right um momentum is just sort of everything so it's all about just trying to make sure you keep traction for me when i go into my matches i'm always looking for ways to become a better performer overall mm-hmm. you know this is going to be my first defense against the female competitor mm-hmm. i'm very excited that it gets to be queen Aminata at GCW, of course, and that's the place where I won my first title, you know, my first ever title. I was their first women's champion, you know? Right. So it's kind of like a full circle moment for me somewhat. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of look at it as I plan to go into it to learn, to grow, and to win. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm I'm planning to do. Okay. Well, I mean... With this title, it, I know it's a situation where it's kind of like take on all comers. You have the belt, and and you'll go anywhere. Do and I, it makes me think of the territory days where Ric Flair had the had the world title, and he was going everywhere. Like, have you thought about what Trish might do? You know, popping up on on the ramp at like AEW, or you know, like do you, do you have those dreams, or are you just kind of you know whoever whoever wants to start popping something off on Instagram, you ready? Uh, well, you know, there is there's a process or a pecking order to it, I believe. Um, my main goal is to make sure that I elevate the title, make sure the title elevates me and make sure that I elevate my community and people like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is what's most important. That is what I'm thinking of when I look at this title every night before I go to sleep. You know, that's what's getting me pumped up in the morning to get out and motivate myself and get things done is that. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's a matter of I am willing to accept all challenges right? right. of of any gender from any promotion. There you go. On TV, (laughs) not on TV. It it matters. You know, look, I mean, look, (laughs) it matters not to me. Right. Everybody. (laughs) 
everybody. Now you talk <laughs> about getting pumped up and motivated. Um, first, is there a different mind state you have to go to when you're going into the ring? And do you use like music? And if so, what would you listen to before you going out in that ring? You know what I'm saying? Is it some? Are you are you throwing on some dip set before you go out there and? Really, you know what I mean? You throwing on some dead prayers. What are you, what are you going out there dead and rocking prayers. before you go out there? Um, you know, I do listen to a lot of Jay-Z. Okay. It definitely it gets me in the right mindset. You know, I want to, you know, just sort of embody some of those things that I hear, you know. Mm. Definitely uh Bam featuring uh Damian Marley and okay. the the whole four 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 album. Oh, it's just so good. It like it gets me exactly where I need to be because you know it pumps me up in a way that I I don't start to like overcloud my brain and start to like I'm I'm nice and calm. Right. You know, it's right. like I don't go into it like how I used to. There's a little bit of growth in how I look at my matches and how I go into it. I would feel as though sometimes I would be rushing or just feel as though. I will be coming into it very, very erratic and just being able to take that step back mm. and just reassure myself and stand in my own confidence. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a great place to stand, you know? Right, right, So, right. you know, I just step back, stand in my own confidence, you know? Well, when because I, I know you you started training. It's been about five years. I guess we're going on six, you know, the, the turn of the year. But um, when, when did you feel when you – was it recently – where you can say, where you can really say, "Hey, I'm really putting on the match that I feel like I, I I went out there to do, I set out to do." Well, I feel as though each time I'm gonna kind of want to do better, so there's mm. never really a, you know, I'm always kind of starving for more. But there have been several times along the way where I know I'm in a good spot. Mm. You know, it's kind of like almost like a video game checkpoint, uh. you know, somewhat, and so it's like all right, now we officially clear this part. Cool. And we're heading in this direction, you know? So it's like, it's moving down to Florida, you know, training at team 3d in Florida. Then mm. it's finally started to work, you know, around central Florida and some of the Florida uh, local Indies. And then, you know, just deciding, okay, it was time for a change moving to DC. It's like those little checkpoints like that. Each time there was always like, some sort of reassurance inside me that, okay, this is the right compass. I've got it pointed in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? And there was some missteps, of course, along the way, just trying to figure myself out and what I was doing. But mm -hmm. lately I've just been, though those days are, are, are far and few in between. And I'm gotcha. not so, I'm not so like bunched up and so nervous. And now all of a sudden it's like, I'm getting into a nice even flow where I understand the performer that I need to be a little bit better each day, a little bit better each time. And honestly, I can accredit that to this championship. This yeah. championship has honestly, like, it saved my life. It, it really changed. It helped change my mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's helped me, I, you know, this may not even make sense, but it, you know, it, it's helped me trust people. Huh. It was always very hard to do, you know, growing up and just, you know, a matter of my own, you know, path to get here. Got you, know, got you. So you you're saying that in, in general, trusting people or like specifically within the industry? Specifically within the industry. And I mean it kind of radiates throughout life too. Those kinds of things when those good things are happening inside you, you can never just kind of keep it closed. It starts to like permeate other things in your life too. So once I started to just become happier with wrestling, it just kind of trickled out into elsewhere. But yeah. Right. 
Right. Well, I mean, I, I guess that that's an interesting segue into. I mean, you mentioned being happy with wrestling. I'm assuming you're speaking more personally in, in, in what you know your path. But uh, what are your thoughts on pro wrestling as a whole? I mean, we're 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 in an interesting time where not only can you know you 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 can have a whole movement that's not on TV at all, especially you know you, you're you know proof positive of that. But there are two factions going back and forth every week on TV. What are your thoughts on just where wrestling is right now in 2020? Oh, I could just get a pen and a piece of paper. I, I, I know that's, I know I, that's uh, a I should, lot. I know it's a I lot. I should have started writing the minute you started. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, there's so many little pieces of that too. There's like the state of the independence and then, you know, there's everything with the speaking out movement and then with the Black Lives Matter movement and how things outside of the world really just kind of affect the wrestling world too. Mm. There's just, uh, there's just always so much going on and it always kind of permeates into wrestling and everything, and especially with like the whole speaking out movement and everything yeah. starting to like shift and um, with a spotlight being put on, you know, black wrestlers, you know, reasons aside, I'm, I'm happy to have it. And I'm proud to run with that ball either way, you know, and I know a lot of people are the same way. They feel the same way. So there's just a lot going on. There's protests going on. There's, you know, there's COVID going on, which changes the scale of the shows we can all compete for. Cause right. you know, we're all somewhat competing for the jobs. Right. So, and it just scaled down, you know, now we're competing for less jobs and now it's, it's COVID and, and that alone has weeded out, you know, so many good wrestlers, you know, so many right. people who were like, it's like, it's one big bottleneck now, mm-hmm. you know? And so, there's that and then then there's the state of like competition between certain brands and yeah yeah there's a lot going on there's like certain criticisms of certain athletes and things like that a whole another headache well it's it's been it's been interesting because like one name that came up in in the news over the last couple of months has been naomi you know and and, you know so it's it's funny to hear the conversation. I remember specifically seeing people on Twitter talking about what she has to earn as if she, you know, wasn't, you know, a champion of a whole brand twice in like fairly recent histories. But I mean, like it's, it's people champion her because she's one of few and, you know, you can, it's, it's sad that you can count the black, the black folk on each hand in in general, you can count, you know, how many people there are on, on on you just using two hands. It's, it's, it's crazy. But like, what are your thoughts specifically about, you know, the lack of black women on the active rosters at both WWE and AEW, the most, you know, visual places for pro wrestling for people? Yeah. It's like, it's almost like, it's like a life imitating art or is it the art imitating? It's like, what came first, you know? Are we putting just a few women there? Because if, if you if you think about it, if you have 10 slots and it's like, how do you spread that out amongst? And is that if the, if we, if we only see the precedent of there being one at a time, you know, if we only see that, then people on the independent who would like to have that job maybe are also holding that true. And it's not always. You know, so it's like you're really kind of changing the the rubric or the grading scale that we all have, mm-hmm. you know, and I just always kind of thought of it that way. And I was like, well, there's more than one job, you know, right. there's more than there's more than one black person can do any one thing at any one time in any one company. There can be a few. There can be several operating at once. And mm-hmm. no, they will not get us confused. No, they will not mess up our names. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you probably should give people a little more credit than that. 
And I don't know what would be holding people back from wanting a fairer representation for people that have earned it at this point. I don't right. believe that personally. I don't believe that there's much else for her to earn. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. that's just that's just yeah. me. I don't know. That's just way from the outside. I'm from the parking lot looking in, you know, who's to say, <laughs> you know, but. <laughs> but <laughs> no, know? that's real. That's real. And I can see um, because from the outside of the outside looking in, I can imagine that quite a few people who have um, with the current climate got more and more comfortable giving you advice. Oh, you should do A, you should do B. And I'm sure you hear that all the time. So I'll ask you this. Um, what's the best and worst pieces of advice you've ever received as far as the industry goes? Oh, uh, <laughs> I kind of I drew a, a little bit of a, well, okay. Some of the best advice I got was to continue to make sure that I was doing right first. You know what I'm saying? It's to make sure that I was getting my stuff done first. A lot of times people want to pour into other cups, but as you pour into the cup, you're left with less. You know what I'm saying? There's got to be like an ecosystem of people pouring into each other. And that's what's going to make this journey easier. If you can find some like-minded people, lean in and, you know, get your hustle on, get get these bookings, get yourselves together and stuff like that. A lot of fruitful things can happen. And that just goes back to that whole trust thing that I was saying a little bit earlier, too, and how it's hard to want to include people sometimes in your circle because you understand what you're capable of and you want to make sure that the people that you allow into your ecosystem are also on the same wave. Otherwise, you know, you might be swirling around for a little while. You know what I'm saying? Right. Nobody wants that, you know? So that that bit of advice was really important for me to hear, especially, I got that advice fairly recently, actually, maybe like a week ago. Yeah. Um, so it was just something that really rang true nowadays that I see there's some, just some differences in how, you know, I see things are moving a little bit differently around me and mm. I understand what needs to be done. And I've always understood what needs to be done and I'm gonna keep doing what needs to be done. And to hear that from, you know, uh, someone that I respect, Jonathan Gresham is the one who told me, um, he is somebody that I respect, you know, uh, according to a lot of black wrestlers, he's like the Bible, you know what okay. I mean? Somewhat, you know, and not even to be too literal. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Say that. Okay, just so nobody's, <laughs> you know, but, um, <laughs> you know, just an example of somebody who is, you know, as close to doing it right as possible, finger quote, right. finger quote. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> but it's like to have somebody that you respect and you know a style that you hope to to emulate and pay honor and respect to, to hear them say that you're on the right track and know you're not crazy and it's gonna be all right if you keep at where you're at. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and things like that, they don't have to say. There'd right. be so many times where like afterwards, you know, after your match, you're getting ready. Hey, what'd you think about that? Oh, it was great. You're awesome. You're number one. Yeah, you're dope as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Excuse my language. I'm sorry. No, you're, you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's so many times where people were just like, yeah, you're doing awesome. They have no incentive to pull you aside. They have no incentive to be like, hey, you know, 
you got potential, blah, 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 you know. And a lot of times, the on the other foot, people aren't even receptive when somebody hears, you know, when somebody says that. Sometimes people are so wrapped up in, I don't know, whatever they're wrapped up in, that they can't right. understand, you know, constructive criticism. So on either side, I learned how to continue to take whatever criticisms and I think that that piece of advice was probably the most important thing. It came at the right time. I needed to hear it right then and there, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how sometimes in the karate movies, how the sensei will say something, it won't make sense because the guy's still fucking right. up, <laughs> you know? And then mid battle, he's got that one punch coming in and all of a sudden it makes sense. And there's this big yeah. flashback moment, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just all of that, you know, that's what it kind of, it was exactly what I needed to hear right at the time that I needed to hear it, so. Gotcha. That was gotcha. good advice. Are, but I didn't, it, I didn't answer the other I'm side. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. Um, honestly, I don't think that. I feel like what would make the advice worse advice would be. I feel like it depends on a lot of things. Oh, geez. I don't want to be like, it depends on who says it and how they say it. I don't want to say it like that. Hey, but, hey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's like, I think that worse advice would do you more of a disservice depending on who it's coming from. Maybe I'll just word it like that. And yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna let that that's, rock. Well, <laughs> well, that's I mean, and that, that, kind of, that kind of blends into what I was, gonna, I, I was gonna ask. I was wondering, like, do you have certain group chats for like, you know, is there like an indie, indie wrestlers group chat? Is there like a black and white, I mean, a black men and women indie chat? Is there like just a women, black women indie chat? Like, you know, who are you talking? I mean, you mentioned Jonathan Grisham, but like, you know, are you talking to a lot of people who are kind of more on the indie scene or are you in communication with people like Swole? Do you have comment, you know, commentary with uh, Naomi, especially against uh, someone who's risen to, you know, this, the, the same, you know, status you have in terms of being a, a heavyweight champion, you know, who are you conversating with when, when it's, when it comes to, pro wrestling on the black side um you know that is so interesting i was just having a conversation earlier this morning um i was talking to timmy luretten actually and we were chatting about like the ecosystem and you know those like-minded individuals um it's just interesting because for me since i started wrestling i was always just in a weird spot where there's a group of people ahead of me and a group of people coming up behind me so i never really got to like gravitate or have a group. I was always just kind of a, a loner by trade anyway. Uh, so it's just kind of like, that's kind of how, not how I operate on purpose, but it just kind of happened this way. Um, so there aren't a lot of people that I talk to, uh, but I think that it's more or less the quality of the people that you talk to. So I think that you know, having people like Jonathan Gresham and Timmy Luretton and, and, you know, Sugar Dunkerton, you know, there he's you cool. Go. So just having like a nice group of people that you speak to consistently that, you know, that, that have your back, you can bounce ideas off of and things like that. And you'll never feel like you're in competition. That's the key part to the group. There are a lot of, you know, just by the nature of wrestling, we're competing for these jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, there can only be one or whatever, right? So they just got us all thinking that we can't all eat. So right. sometimes, you know, you, you get um, in these dynamics and sometimes there's just, you know, jealousies involved. I mean, look, we're emotional, we're all, you know, adults. It's, it's how it goes sometimes, you know, but it's just important to like check that 
And it's even easier to check that when you're surrounded by other people that are filling you. You know what I'm saying? As you, gotcha. you know, pour into them and you can all pour into each other. Mm. So um, as far as group chats, I'm not in any group chats. Um, I kind of just, you know, do my own thing. I kind of chill. Yeah. <laughs> I keep a, I keep a super low profile, you know. Um, it's I probably better that more. way. Probably better that way. Yeah, it's better that way. But um, <laughs> I pour a lot of my energy into a lot of things that I'm doing outside of wrestling too, because it's important to kind of grow those things at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. it's in my opinion. I don't know gotcha. other people. Yeah. Well, what what kind of stuff do you get into outside of pro wrestling? Well. Um, let's see. I do find myself working out a lot. My Capoeira studio is closed, so I haven't been able to do that for a little bit. Um, I do train in ring. Um, let's see. I'm usually traveling around for shows as safely as possible. You know, I'm trying not to take too many unnecessary risks, you know. Um, I like to read. I like to write. A little bit of drawing. I'm trying to get my my sewing hands back, but <laughs> it's uh it's kind of a bend to the fingers that I've I've missed for a while. So um, right. I'm trying to get you know back into sewing and things like that. Um, I do a lot of makeup for therapy and things. Oh, like okay. That, so mm-hmm. yeah, a, a lot of handy stuff for stuff that isn't going to have you rolling around on a mat for. What is? Right. I'm sorry. What is makeup for therapy? Here you. So, yeah, like therapeutic purposes, right? So it's just, um, there's a couple of like YouTube channels and stuff dedicated to people that do makeup for as forms of therapy, right? So it's just the same as people who play basketball for therapy or for people that listen to, you know, the 444 album for therapy. You know, it's, it's just kind of like that. So a lot of the times it involves like picking out some of your favorite pieces, you know, like if I was depressed and I wanted to, or if I wasn't feeling, let me, let me word this correctly. If I wasn't feeling like myself one day and I needed a little pick me up, I would, and I wanted to, you know, do my makeup, you know, maybe I wasn't even going anywhere. Maybe I just wanted to sit around. I would get all my favorite things. I would set it up like that and kind of just do my makeup for therapy. What I would do is I would film it and you know try to edit it you know i'm not a good editor or whatever (laughs) but you know and just kind of watch the video and do like a voiceover and just kind of do affirmations and things like that Mm. you know stuff like that so i'm watching myself do something you know i'm accomplishing a goal you know i look really cool you know maybe i i got a new palette or you know just like a new you know tub of glitter that i just wanted to play with you know and i just wasn't feeling like myself and i need a little something something so that's kind of like you know makeup so me and Cal are gonna start a whole YouTube channel. Uh shaving your head for yes. bald niggas is therapy. Okay. There you go. And you don't there need you no hair. It there doesn't matter if your hairline. <laughs> Let's go, right? I, I need those pick-me-ups too. I need some affirmations too about the loss of my hair. You right about after that, that. After that third or fourth OG in the office, you know what I'm saying? You you you, you get a little self-conscious. So what? I'm bald. So what? I'm not that old. Damn. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. I wanted to take it take it back, Trish, because uh I'd seen that in, in past interviews you'd mentioned that you like one of your dream matches would be with a Trish Stratus. And but I'd also seen that you had mentioned that when you it seems like your first 
run-ins with pro wrestling were watching it with your father and you know your, your your brothers. But I was wondering, were they watching WWF and Trish Stratus as one of the first people you were seeing, or were I know you're from DC? Were you guys watching WCW? Was it more Southern based? Like, what what were you into? Yeah, some so some of my earliest wrestling memories are like WCW. You know, we were we definitely flipped on you know Monday Thursday. You know, we we were flippers, mm-hmm. so we channel flip. But some of my earliest memories were just seeing like Nitro Girls and hearing the sound of that ring and seeing like the smoke come through, okay. and, you know, seeing, you know, staying in the rafters and all that type of stuff. So those were some of my like earlier memories of wrestling as I began to just watch it on my own and kind of as I grew up, I kind of understood what I was watching as mm-hmm. I grew up. Because when you're a kid, you're like, what are these people doing? And then right. one day you're like, OK, this is a bad guy. And then one day <laughs> you're just starting to understand it a little bit more. Um, and so I was watching Jacqueline and Crash Holly mm-hmm. wrestle. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, well, then I'm just going to be a wrestler. <laughs> it's, it's settled. That's fine. There we go. There it right. is. You know, just to, it was, I always loved watching, you know, Jazz and Jacqueline. Uh, I just thought it was so cool that I, I thought that women doing this in general were like super cool, like seeing like Trish, Lita, China, they were all so different too. And they were all able to like have their own, like their own lane, you know what I mean? And it was so cool to see growing up and to see black women out there doing it. I thought that was so awesome, you know? And I have five brothers. So I was, I was knocking them around too. So to see her, you know, (laughs) you know, to see her like do some of those things and wrestle men, I was like, what? Awesome. That's so cool. She looks so, and she was beautiful too. She always looks so cool, so in control. It's almost like representation matters, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, be, being able to see yourself doing things can, can turn into, you know, whole careers and, and, and you know, life changes for people. It's, it, it's, it's weird how that happens, America. Hopefully we can uh, oh, figure that out, you know? I know, right? <laughs> you're, you're from the area. Um, there are two legendary arenas near where where you're from um of course in baltimore the baltimore arena starcades and great american batches but also i know my personal first experience with live pro wrestling was at the capitol center did you ever get a chance to kind of make it there and, and see some events there Actually, yes. Um, this is so funny you even brought that up. Uh, Johnny Cross, the uh, founder of Fight Club Pro Wrestling and the um, initial creator of the Pan-African World Diaspora title, we were in the army together. And mm-hmm. that's how we met. One day we were like just kind of sitting around and they were like, hey, uh, they got tickets to go to a house show in the area. Y'all can sit up front, but just don't act too, you know, <laughs> and like don't just get don't rowdy. get too whatever, just be chill. Mm-hmm. You know, you sit up front, whatever, whatever. So uh, me and him were like some of the only people to raise our hands. And that's when we were like, hey. And then we was just kind of like, hey, wrestling. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was it was really cool. It was a cool night. And um, we ended up going, yeah, to the uh, Verizon Center, Capital One, MCI Center, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a throwback. But yeah, we ended up going there. And that's when I was like, okay, this is cool. And it was interesting, too, because he was one of the first people that I met as an adult that wasn't ashamed to say that they liked wrestling. Um, so, you know what I mean? It's kind of one of those things. I'm like, okay, you're cool. You don't give a fuck. All right, bet. Me neither. <laughs> this, this is cool. Whatever. I think it's cool. 
oh well. I'm, and you know, I'm good as outside of your family. You didn't really have a lot of friends who were into pro wrestling growing up. Well, growing up, everybody's like, "Yeah, wrestling. This is cool." I remember being in middle school and being like, "We're all gonna be wrestlers." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And then everybody's like, "Yeah," and we had no idea. You know, you don't know what it takes to even. Yeah. You don't even know what the fuck it. Oh, excuse me. You don't even know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? You you, you could have thrown two fucks so, in there. We don't care. We don't care. You good. You good. You that's good. what we don't give. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can't so, give that. But facts. So, but when like if, if you grow up a wrestling fan, you you don't have a lot of people that you interact with the wrestling. Like you know, 2015. What was it that said that that made you say, hey? let me go to a school, let me figure out how to get in the ring and actually do this. Yeah, so um, when, let's see, I deployed in 2012, me and Johnny deployed together. So uh, when we deployed together, I was just kinda in a, I got in a more, hmm, I wanna pick my words correctly, is I got in a more, I found myself being a little more agitated than normal. I, mm-hmm. I've realized that I wasn't honest with myself about why I joined the army. You know what I'm saying? I, it wasn't, you know, uh, it, it was, I mean, look, it was a lot of people's stories, you know? Yeah. You, at the time I was 19, I failed out of college and coming from like a poor black household, it's like, well, if you don't know how to, you know, if you ain't gonna play ball or get no, get no degree, it's like, I mean, you're gonna join the military? It's like, those were your options as far as making something of your life. You're either gonna go to school, you're either gonna be famous, maybe play a sport or something, I don't know, or join the military, you know? And it was just like, I ain't trying to get crossed up in front of the world, so let me just go ahead and- Post the very forms for that. (laughs) Post the very forms for all that. I'd never be able to live that down. Oh my gosh, no. (laughs) But. You know, so I was like, okay, cool. It was, it, I, and over time, being so young and putting myself in a very adult situation, especially having such a, a sheltered childhood and just not really understanding what I signed up for, it really kind of soured on me, you know, just over time. And so around 2012, I was just kind of like, at, towards the end of the deployment, I was like, all right, man, I'm all set. You know, it's just like one day you make the decision and you're just like, all right, all right, this is okay. I understand what was supposed to happen here. I don't have, you know, I'm I'm trying not to be one of those vets that's, you know, I'm not particularly anti-America nor anti-military. I am extremely hard on America and the military. And And a lot of that is passion for your love for America, you know? Right. Yes. And, you know, just and before joining the military, I didn't really understand what that meant. And then afterwards, I had a very clear idea of what that meant. And yeah. I was like, okay, right. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna see y'all. No, but um, <laughs> so let's see, it was October 2015, mm-hmm. where I was like, all right, everything is getting all signed off on and just trying to like, just start every, start the whole process. Um, Let's see, it was actually, or excuse me, it was October, 2014 is when everything just kind of got 
I'm like, all right, getting everything situated, cool. Like three days later, once the ink dried, I rented a car, I had $2,000 in savings, cleared out my savings, and I packed up everything I had, and I was like, all right, mom, I'm gonna go be a wrestler, I'll see you later. She's like, what? Let's see you, bye, bye, bye. You know, they just drive off. <laughs> I'm going to Florida. I want to be a wrestler. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, funny enough, I wasn't initially gonna. Um, sorry if I'm rambling, but no, um, I wasn't fine. initially um gonna go to Team 3D Academy. I didn't even, you know. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know how many times I told this story. I don't know. This is gonna be the last time. All right, last time. So, <laughs> last time. So, it's um, not, not. I know. I know. I'm, I'm probably gonna say it about two or three more times yeah, before yeah, yeah. it's kind of a an, an accepted fact amongst everybody. But, um, so I moved down to Florida, and I was gonna go to another wrestling school, but it was two thousand down, two fifty a month for like a year or something like that. And I was like, wow. that's all I came down here with. I can't give it all to you. Right. because I just spent almost all of it trying to figure out where I'm going to stay for these weeks and it has not been good. So it was just kind of like, I came down there with all this fire and all my money. And then one day I looked down very soon, actually, after I got there, I looked down and all the money's gone. You know, right. I had to go give the rental car back and I didn't have anywhere to stay. And I wasn't in a wrestling school like I originally planned. And now I'm in the middle of Florida. Yeah, you know yeah. so it i just felt like super lost and i was so i was too embarrassed to go back home you know there was no way oh there was no way i couldn't face i couldn't face anybody back home if so i was like well didn't work out yeah. you know <laughs> and oh man and it was the worst too whenever you call your family and be like you know oh today is a little rough well you can always come on home and i'm like okay, okay, uh, okay yeah. stop 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 you know <laughs> i'm not yeah. i'm gonna see this through i'm sorry you know but it's like I, don't know. Well, I, I feel like I rambled. Did I answer the question? No, I think I think I actually I, I want I was wondering what what do your what's your family feel like now? I mean, you go from being a fan who you know they might feel you want you you want to get out of here, and or you, they're ready for you to get out of there if you want. And um, now you know you are a champion. Like, what's that situation like when you call home now? Yeah, so um, you know, I've been back home for a little bit. I'm back in DC now, gotcha. so it's been really interesting. Um, just being able to, it's it's okay. So earlier in my career, my mom came down to Florida and watched me wrestle, <laughs> and you know, it was I was happy for her to be there, things like that. But the Pan African tournament in DC, it was another chance for her to see me, and I felt like that was the full circle moment. That's when I was like, this is what I've been working on all this time. This is why, you know, you know, I'm only working a job Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I'm out doing a wrestling loop, God knows where, you know, and then come back home to do it all over again, you know, you know, working like 5 a.m. to noon and then train from 2 to 10 and then do your loops that weekend. And it's like, you know, you just, you keep that grind going and nobody really, I don't know. People don't really understand. It's 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 a vibe you got to get into and a flow you got to get to get you know your grind going. And yeah, I just kind of I just leaned into it. Definitely, definitely. You also mentioned. <laughs> that's what's up. No, that's what's up. You uh you also mentioned you know going to the military. I wish Math was here because Math's a vegetarian and he uh wanted to specifically have have you speak about uh vegetarian MREs. I. 
<laughs> they are they're good. Yeah. Vegetarian MREs are good. Those okay. are some of the best ones. Like, okay, right now, I'm gonna tell you right now, if you ever get cheese tortellini, it is so good right now. Usually, see here's the here's the here's the best part, right? So the vegetarian MREs try to make up for the fact that there's no meat in it. So they'll either give you like some fun piece of candy, like mm. you'll either get peanut M&Ms, which are fun pieces of candy in the military, or uh, <laughs> milk chocolate M&Ms or a pack of Skittles. If you are lucky and you get a pack of sour Skittles, you, you're the man on campus. Like you, <laughs> you did it, like you won. You gonna hold on to that Skittles and you will barter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, I like prison. But, yeah. Right? <laughs> Doesn't it? No, I'm just kidding. I don't no, know. I've um, never been either place. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what no, I saw I on TV anyway. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. But vegetarian MREs are, are some of the best ones. The cheese tortellini one specifically is perfect. Damn. I don't. I don't know if I. If, if I guess if I have a cho- a chance to try. I'll try. I don't. I mean, MREs. It's not something I should just order up and try and eat anyway, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's very sure. like, all right. <laughs> yeah, do you? But, let me get. Let me get through this so I can be, you know, full and, and satiated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you, as a pro wrestler and and someone who's been a fan of the other sports since a child, um, I was wondering what are what are some of your favorite matches of all time? Do you have? like a top three or a top five that you, you know, rattle off? Hmm. So that kind of, well, it's not, it's not hard. Um, I actually have a, a nice little YouTube playlist of a couple matches nice, you know, nice. that I kind of keep cycling through and going back to. Um, when I was younger, the matches were, it was more like Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. You know, it was very about the larger than life moment of the match sometimes. Mm. How I loved just getting swept up. And it was kind of one of the things that I liked growing up. Those larger than life characters. You see Ultimate Warrior just like running down on the ring. You're like, where's this guy going? You know, right. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you just get so caught up in just the excitement of it all. So when I was younger, I liked, you know, those types. Of, and I mean, look, they're all great matches, right? Right, right. <laughs> but yeah. I'm not saying any anybody's you know, it's bad or nothing. But um, I've been kind of watching matches and making them my favorite because either there's something inside that match that I would like, maybe just, um, which can still include those other matches, you know, just like uh, Jonathan Gress and Chris LaRusso, you know what I'm saying? Or Super Indy 16, Adam Cole, John Gresham. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just like watching those matches and they make you they make you feel something when you're watching them. They are quite relatively simple in nature. You know, I've been watching um, even like older stuff, like watching some world of sport, just kind of really getting into that. Those are like just some captivating matches and just that style anyway, and just the rules of world of sport. Those matches stand out to me, you know, seeing like Robbie Brookside and seeing like Johnny Saint and it's like, that's exciting to me, you know, as right. someone who now has to do it, it right. kind of like the, the way I watch matches is a little bit different. So I find that I'm sort of chasing that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm chasing the more simplistic, simplistic, you Got know, you. style, you know. Real, so those are some favorites of mine. Real, real simplistic, but real impactful, you know, real, real, real yeah. like uh, the, the, the determined strikes, not just, you know, swinging for no reason. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, honestly, um, Timothy Thatcher versus Daniel, Mac- Mac- excuse me, McCabe is a, 
top notch. Mm. It's I, I mean just just watching that. Sometimes just watching one match, wrestling as a whole makes more sense to you. And I'm Got just you. like now I swear if anybody watches a match of mine and it changed, you know what I mean? Oh man, that'll be that would feel like a victory to me. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, and that that would feel like a positive impact. So just you know, just seeing matches like that. Are there, are there any matches at uh, Indiana Invasion that you, you you're looking forward to being in in Gorilla? You know, looking at looking at from the back. Hmm. There's a lot of really good ones. We got um. So I was over at Hood Slam for I had maybe about a eight to nine month you know tour back and forth going um Hood Slam mm-hmm. back when they were up and going before COVID hit. So I got to meet you know. Funny Bone and you know he's he's awesome and just seeing them versus the Gymnasty Boys I think that's mm-hmm. gonna be awesome him and Super Beast right. they are you know they they took me in somewhat when I was over you know in Cali they were very kind to me I was kind of an outsider I mean I'm not saying this like off no East Coast whip West Coast rap or nothing like that but <laughs> you know you just kind of when you're into a new locker room it's just kind of like Oop. you know sometimes you know you're trying to make room somewhat. Right. But they made that they made that easier on me. So I'm mm-hmm. like now that you know they're somewhat in my neck of the woods. It's like okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be right there to see what they got, cheering them on. Of course, against you know the gymnastic boys who are like, I mean, look, Word, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're on fire. They're everywhere, and they're just there are no missteps in sight, you know, with mm-hmm. them. So definitely, definitely, I'm really happy to be able to watch that. That's dope. That'll be that'll be really dope. Are you um are there do you have bookings outside of you know what's coming up with GCW this weekend? Are you are you are you keeping those close to the chest right now? I know it's I know it's COVID season, but I know things are also opening up. So I'm wondering, you know, how how these pro wrestling shows are being affected as well. Yeah. So um, as of right now, um, as it stands, I have GCW this weekend on the 26th. That is a title defense against Queen Amanada, and then after that on. <laughs> I'm so excited for for the collective, uh, for the collective, for the culture. It's mm-hmm. gonna be me versus should be, and I'll be defending my title there as well. Nice, and nice. I'm very, very excited to Where's be that? working for GCW. That's gonna be in Indiana. Nice, nice. For the collective, there's a weekend, the okay. yes, uh, yes, yes. October 9th, 10th, 11th. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. gotcha. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It'll be like a, a row of shows. So, oh, word. Pretty exciting. I think that's so the I joint Math was talking about driving to. Right. Yeah. He did mention mention taking a trip out there. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like, well, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go. I'm like, bet. Run it. Let's go. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm super pumped. Yeah. So um, that Friday I have for the culture, and that's going to be a midnight show. So that's going to be fun. Wow. Um, I'm nice. I'm nice and wide open on Saturday, you know. Just looking at freelance and looking at Shimmer, seeing what they got going on from the party right, lot. Yeah. Right. Hey, hey. Um, hey. From your from your lips to some promoters' ears, you know what I'm saying? So look. And <laughs> on the eleventh, that's the Sunday, I have um I'm debuting at Black Label Pro. Very oh, wow. excited about that. That's you dope. know, it's um it's gonna be a very interesting just it's going to be a very telling weekend for me they're going to be a lot of people that i respect a lot of my peers and things are going to be there so it's important that you know the same way i can show up in dc the same way i can show up in cali the same way i showed up in japan and the uk i need to bring that everywhere and it's very important 
that weekend especially especially for the culture you know that 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 match is i want that to be like the chef's kiss of my career you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's really where i'm beginning to come into my own i feel it right now as i'm sitting right here right now and i it's only oh man it's only gonna get worse (laughs) you know what i'm saying i feel right now that i'm absolutely you know plugged into what i have to do you know what i'm saying um I'm just excited to be able to even just, you know, work with Suge. I, I respect him as a competitor. I respect his caliber of work. You know, we cross paths in the UK. I consider him, you know, you know, he's a journeyman. I would call myself somewhat of a journeywoman and we cross mm. paths and we rub elbows ever so often, you know, so to be able to see him work overseas and see him work all over and see him, you know, on AEW, see him get all these like high profile things. I'm just excited to see that. And I want to see that I can match that. I want to see. I think I can. And let's see if I can match it. So as as like a representative of the DMV, right? Um, the, the culture in the DMV is uh, Capital Wrestling, which, you know, became, you know, what, 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 what Vince Senior was doing. Um, there's a... There's a, a, a heavy culture up the road, up to 95 in Baltimore. Um, what what do you think you guys are doing down at Fight Club for DC wrestling culture? Yeah, so <laughs> before COVID, right? <laughs> this long list of plans. No, but um, we're really just trying to cycle in having more a more regulated schedule, you know, to have something that people are like looking forward to. And, you know, just trying to decide whether that means, whether that would have meant every month, every two months, every 90 days and how to stretch that out. So just trying to um, make sure that you can put on at least like four shows a year or something like that, or whether or not, because, you know, just working too with um, DC commissions offices, they they don't make that easy. So, and I don't know why, I don't know why that's by design or on purpose, but they're not always just, as agreeable and easy to try to like wrangle things around with. So it's just about, you know, continuing to secure a venue, you know, um, up by Brookland station. I don't want to, you know, get too local, but you know, there was the, um, the local art center up there. And then there's, you know, a local art center over by Deanwood, you know? So just trying to see if we can like secure certain like local venues and continue to work like that. Um, that's the first order of business. Uh, trying to keep up with the momentum, honestly, that's kind of, that's, that's so huge. And everybody feels like they just kind of got halted at once. So we're really just, you know, just trying to make sure to continue to put on shows, preferably more frequent than every three months, you know, just making sure the commission is, you know, being agreeable as of right now, there are no shows running in DC. So there's that but (laughs) when it comes back around we'll have a a better schedule you know we'll try to secure a permanent ring and a permanent space and maybe start training okay okay that's what's up that's what's up who knows who knows yeah i mean i guess that's one of the benefits with COVID. it's like if, if you have a dedicated group of people and a good idea you can you know at the very least get the foundation going so once the doors open hit the ground running. I think that's kind of, it's kind of what we've, a lot of the stuff you were mentioning about, you know, your conversation with Jonathan Grisham and like-minded people, it's kind of, I don't want to 
make this a podcast about a podcast, but I feel like it's kind of, you know, it's, 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 it feels very similar to what the three of us do, you know, here. And especially, you know, it being for the culture is really dope. Um, I think one final question I was wondering, Trish, uh, with with both the match this weekend, but I guess more, you know, in your eyes, maybe too, you know, what you, what you have going on in October, when it comes to ring entrances, someone who's, who studied, you know, WWE and WCW, are you thinking of, you know, opening up how you're, you're going to be coming to the ring? Are you going to be adding any new influences? Any Are you switching it up at all? Anything you can talk about? Something, something with a pocket? Something, I mean, you know. <laughs> well... There will, with almost certainty, I can say that I think that my gear will be ready by then. Okay. Um, okay. So definitely, you know, to debut some new gear is always a good time. But um, as far as interest goes, I'm just playing around with a few ideas for now. For now. Just trying to see, I'm trying to hanker down some interest music. You know, um, a little while ago, I was coming out to Get By by Talib Kweli with okay. the uh, Lion King uh, Circle of Life intro. Mm-hmm. And you know I don't do that anymore because we don't listen to talent quality around here. So wow, um, yeah, talk about it, talk about yeah. it. Yeah, oh well, but <laughs> so Red Essence just put a song out with Snoop Dogg. That's all I'm saying. Oh, it's lit. Red Essence and Snoop Dogg. Uh, <laughs> okay, I, look, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna see what's good. I'll look it up. Yeah, but um, you know, just trying to, you know, I'm working with a couple of people. I kind of got some ideas. I'm thinking about if I wanted to reuse old music or just kind of like you know just see what i can do and how to move the needle as far as that goes but i'm pretty pumped i'm pretty pumped get me a little entrance jacket or something you know yeah for real (laughs) you know spice it up a little bit you know i mean you should be pumped again you're a heavyweight champion. You, you know, you, you, you got. You are representing, but you know, when you get down to that ring, you got to represent. Uh, Trish, thank you for stopping by the Black Wrestling Podcast. For anybody that's scared out there, you can let them know that. Uh. You know, we don't bite. We, we we just want to talk some good wrestling talk. You know what I'm saying? Um, but can you please let the people know where they can find you on social media if they have not already? What are you waiting for? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm at, I'm at Trish Adora 202 and that's on, like, Twitter, Instagram. I have an athlete page on Facebook, and that's Around the Way Girl. So okay. I'm at all those places. That's what's up. That's what's up. What about you, fam? Where can they find you? Hey, man, fam 79 on your uh, social media choice, and um, if if you pick the right night, um, uh, late night in your auntie refrigerator, the number of my drawers and tube socks. Terrible, an, an, an awful individual. I'm at Cal on Twitter, at Black Wrestling on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. BlackWrestling.com is the website, and as always, you can find the Black Wrestling podcast on Apple Apple Podcast, Spotify. Google, wherever we get, wherever you get your podcast, we're there. Um, once again, this is a special edition with the Pan African the Pan African World Diaspora Heavyweight Champion Trisha Dora. She's defending the title this weekend. Um, I think I think you know who we're rooting for, but we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. GCW Indiana Invasion. We'll have to give you guys a recap of that, and just so you're clear. We will be dropping another episode this week, probably talking a lot about the great stuff that Trish spoke about here, but everything else that went on with wrestling as well. Until then, we'll catch you here. Peace.